You're listening to Shared Sagas, an Australian RPG actual play podcast. This podcast features adult language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Greetings and welcome to Shared Sagas. This is going to be the first episode of our Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus campaign. Our season three, if you will. Uh, My name is Tom. I will be running you through this magical adventure. And let's go around the table and introduce our characters. Ben. Hi, my name is Ben. I am playing Asher Bell. He is a human wizard. Asher is a slight build, but it is accentuated by exceptionally finely tailored clothing. So as far as um, wealth is going, he's making the best with what he's got, which isn't a lot because he is a wizard and he has spent (laughs) a lot of time uh, bent over books. Uh, Just out brown hair with streaks of grey and a... Uh, kind of like just like a perpetual uh, sneer or smirk or incredulous incredulous look. Occasionally you'll see him playing with a blood red crystal, oh. which uh, uh, comes to about roughly the palm of his hand. Great. That's awesome. Can I ask how old he is? Ooh, you mentioned streaks of grey, which yeah. so, I imagine him younger, but... No, he's actually a little bit older, so he's probably, uh, I would say, 30-ish. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Lovely. And Nadia? Uh, my name is Nadia. I am playing Shuri Harima. Uh, she is a human paladin. She, in terms of her looks, she has uh, dark brown, almost black, uh, quite long hair that she often has um, braided in a simple plait across her back. She is um, relatively tall, but not, you know, noticeably so. She's thin, quite lean, but has very strong... Uh, arms. She's about 31 years of age, but kind of has that face where she could be a lot younger, she could be a lot mm. older without actually speaking to her. You don't really get too much of a sense. Um, she is uh, Kozakuran uh, in background, uh, so she does have um, quite Japanese features. In terms of what she wears, she favours um, kind of green robes, or kind of in more of a, like a kimono type style with armour over the top. And all of her armour and clothing kind of has thin lines of, of gold uh, stitched in and painted on almost as uh, little yeah rivulets in in marble awesome that's really cool mm. and nick? Uh, nick i'm playing uh silver tongue he is a changeling his default form is that of because you know he messes around with it a fair bit but sure. it's a very attractive what appears to be like a male in their early 20s wears like dark brown leather pants a lot of time rarely wears shoes has the belt, goes bare-chested a lot, um, just because, like I said, across belts, you know, it's just easy to slip into costumes and things and put other clothes on over the top in case he needs to do a quick shift. Has, like, some feather pauldrons that look rather flamboyant. Uh, pointed ears a lot of the time. Very fey in that constant use of prestidigitation and the wild magic heritage, you know, there tends to be lights and butterflies and all sorts of dappled effects all around him all the time. A shock of black hair, eyes often heterochromia or partial heterochromia, shifting Mm -hmm. constantly. Mm -hmm. A sea of different colours contained therein. How very mysterious. Thank you so much. And Mark? I am playing Docton Rockdelver, uh, aka Doc. 
Uh, he is a dwarf barbarian. He's got a slightly like he's a dwarf, but he's got a slightly mixed heritage, so he's not. He's slightly taller and has like very fair hair for a dwarf and very like just naturally tanned skin. He is basically just a golden retriever. <laughs> he's very happy-go-lucky. He's very food motivated. Uh, he's just happy to be here and wants to go on an adventure. That's, cool. that's, that's, that's really great. And Sam? Hi, I'm Sam. I play Adelise Aragast, uh, a tiefling warlock, but not quite the type of warlock you're thinking. <laughs> oh. Uh, so, uh, she, instead of a fiendish pact, she actually has a celestial pact with oh the god of justice. So, appearance-wise, she has, you know, red skin, white blonde hair that she keeps braided. Um, she wears simple yet refined clothing uh, with a white sash, uh, which seems like whatever clothes she's wearing, the sash is always there. Um, she also has a uh, an amulet that she keeps with her, which is like a round, um, kind of like the size of your palm, but it has uh, the uh, insignia of Torm on it. Mm. She used to have... Uh, so she, she's, she's been in this pact for about 10, 12 years or so. She used to have black eyes in both eyes but uh lately it's started to take on a more golden like her right eye started to take on a more golden hue oh nice that's cool um so yeah personality wise she's cool calm collected as as a follower of tom should be mm-hmm. yeah. very good indeed so our adventure takes place in the forgotten realms in particular in the western heartlands this is in many ways a tale of two cities the first one is Elturel, which all of you have very strong ties to. First of all, what was your adventuring party name? Because you have actually been in an adventuring group now, being level three. You've been in an adventuring group for a couple of months together, operating out of the city of Elturel. Were you happy with the uh, party name suggested? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I what was that? I wasn't privy to that. The Eltariel Elite. Oh, I like it. Elturel mm. Elite. I prefer the Embers, but I think we... Probably end up coming to the embers yeah. uh, once we see what's been uh, <laughs> unleashed. Oh, someone's, yeah. been, someone's been reading it. So that's great. So the so, so the Elturel Elite. The Elturel uh, Elite. And you, you've actually made a pretty good name for yourself. And many of you have got long ties to the city. Born and raised in Elturel, I believe both mm-hmm. Ben and Nadia were. And others have got deep connections, friends, family. So it's a bit disappointing that about six days ago, Elturel was utterly destroyed. I'm talking a smoking crater in the ground. There is nothing left. That would be the worst of times then. (laughs) Indeed. Disappointing is perhaps a bit of a British way of going about explaining your feelings towards it. Oh, oh, bother. Oh, blast. (laughs) So, heckin' to damned. It is a great mystery. Absolutely. Rumours are flying of all kinds of things. And and the reason I bring it up... (laughs) Apart from the fact that it's a pretty big deal, is the only thing you need to know about Elturel is that it is, sorry, was one of the most holy and religious cities in all of Forgotten Realms. There's maybe a couple that are more religious than Elturel, but not many. And it is notable for two major things, without going into a whole bullshit history of it, about a couple of hundred years ago, it got its first real claim to fame where the Elturel riders, which were basically this elite cavalry unit that protected the city and the surrounding farmlands, were visited by a benevolent angel that decided to lead them 
literally into hell to pursue some demons that had been causing trouble in the surrounding farmlands, kidnapping people, etc. And so this was called the, the, the Riot of the Hell Riders, basically, because when, unfortunately, the angel and, and the, the current head of, of the Elturel Riders and many, many other members of the Hell Riders did not make it out, those that did were obviously lauded and their reputation went down in history and they've been known as one of the most elite and fantastic cavalry knight knightly orders of all time. And then the other big thing, as far as major events in the city go, about 40 years ago, there was an incident, shall we say, in which the... <laughs> an incident, an unfortunate occurrence. In which, in which the head of the city and many other prominent, notable governors of the city turned out to actually be vampires and run amok and decided to have a bit of a, a night of blood in the streets. And this was obviously not received well. And, <laughs> and you know, they were disappointed. They were disappointed to say that. They weren't angry. They were just disappointed. <laughs> and so after these vampires ran amok killing people, the people of El Terrell prayed and prayed as they were wont to do, being an already pretty religious city, but even before what came next. And the gods saw fit to bless Elturel with the companion, which was a literal second fucking sun that hung <laughs> in the sky, making it twilight all night. And very importantly, this meant that vampires sparkle. could not exist. Well, yes, it made, them, it made them sparkle. It also meant that vampires could not exist in the Oops. city and were destroyed. And, and forevermore, for the last 40 years or so, this second sun, this small sun, would hang in the sky just above El Terrell, yeah. its, own, its own personal companion. Until a few days ago, Until when it mysteriously disappeared, and the city was replaced by a smoking crater. Indeed. I, open and shut case? I think it's... <laughs> I think God's it's did it. I think it's coincidence. But there's a whole... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely We've solved another mystery. <laughs> so, there's a lot... There is a whole... because So, you were adventuring out of the city. You know, you were off in the woods on a, on a quest to get, I don't know, the... That doesn't sound like me. The helm of the, helm of the troll king or whatever. Oh, yeah, that does sound like And me. when you returned, you found, of course, that people were already fleeing. Because, obviously, there were hundreds of people that were not in the city when it was yeah. destroyed. Right. And so, now... There, for the last six days, you have been traveling along the road from El Terrell to Baldur's Gate, which is where these refugees, including yourself, are now fleeing to. You have been, I think, protecting a particular caravan, say like four, three or four families of farmers that you've picked up on the way and offered protection to, because you are heroic sorts. And so you've essentially got this little Wagons West situation going on where you've been, you know, escorting people along the road because the roads can be quite dangerous there are monsters and bandits you thankfully have encountered high levels of dysentery yes you have encountered very little in the way of danger and problems however and on the sixth day just before sunset you arrive at Baldur's Gate welcome to Baldur's Gate Baldur's Gate is a veritable nest of rats and vipers clinging to the rocky slopes overlooking the Chondathar River from the high perches of the upper city the local nobles which are known as the Patriots gaze down with veiled contempt upon the common rabble in the grimy lower city, which hugs this big foggy harbour. The whole of Baldur's Gate reeks of blood, crime, and opportunity. Oh. <laughs> uh, it was literally founded by pirates. It is the Gotham City of 
the Forgotten Realms. It is a dark, grimy city, basically, in a lot of ways, almost the opposite of Elturel, which is why the two cities have never gotten along very well at all. So you had better believe that some of the rumors flying around about how Elturel got destroyed are all Boulder's Gate behind it, basically, you know? Uh, but that's one of many, many rumors. So the other thing to know about Boulder's Gate is that it is ruled the law enforcement is the Flaming Fist Mercenary Company. So they are a large mercenary company that rule with, well, an iron fist. They are known to be, you know, merciless and corrupt, but they get the job done. They're not a nice mercenary faction by any means. They're guilty of all sorts of atrocities, both uh, here and, and overseas. But at the present time, they seem to have their hands full because as you approach, you realize that there are probably more refugees from Elturel than you first suspected. Mm. And there is an absolute mass. Obviously, having built up over the last six days or so, there is a refugee temporary town out the front of Boulder's Gate. The city itself actually appears to be more or less in lockdown. And nobody seems to be admitted at all. The gates are closed. You can see ranks of very grim-faced flaming fist mercenaries that are stopping people from going through. And at the present time, you can see some skirmishes poking out. You can also see that some people are much more relaxed. At least they feel that they're probably in an area of safety. They've got some tents set up. You effectively a shanty town has kind of built up around the gates of the city. So uh, it's quite a tense situation. The, the families that you have escorted, the, like the 30 or 40 strong people in these three or four wagons that look, look to you with um, really quite a lot of concern. And it's also worth noting, this is first of all very disappointing, <laughs> mm. but secondly, many of you are probably still recovering from the fact that, you know, most of your family was destroyed or friends, people you know, etc. But this is where we begin our scene. You are on the top of the hill, looking down as the sun is slowly setting over the beautiful ocean. Baldur's Gate is on the river. It's actually inland from the ocean, so Baldur's Gate isn't on the sea, if that makes sense. It's, if you, I have a little map there that you can see of the, the lay of the land. But it's very much on the water and, you know, the inlet leads out to the ocean, so you can see it in the distance there as well. So... Just uh, Tarel off the map here. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. So yeah, the the self-appointed, I guess, uh, matriarch leader of the the farmers, the the, the four families of farmers that you've been escorting, mm-hmm. is named Magden. Uh, and she's an elderly woman with dark tan skin and grey hair, about in her early 80s, but she's an old farmer, and so she is still very strong and fit for her age. She's like Betty White, she's invincible. <laughs> um, and so, so she w- wanders over to you with a very worried look on her face. Who do you think amongst you would have gotten along best with her? Who, who would have been, I guess, the, the liaison to the uh, appointed, temporarily appointed leader of this, uh, these families that you're escorting? I probably would have I don't know I probably would have uh, spoken with her but I d- I don't imagine we're getting along <laughs> that's, that's you, fine how do I say this mm-hmm. do you command um, a lot of respect either from how you perceive yourself yes or... I think very highly of myself yes <laughs> well said <laughs> up your own arsehole, are you? I could work myself as a puppet. 
Okay. Would this be a good time to talk about our sort of how we got together as a group and our party roles? Actually, yeah. We're literally asking these questions like how we got together as a group, I like connections, that. and yeah. what, what our roles are in the party. I like that. I like I like the scene of you know first of all there's the gigantic you know Baldur's Gate descent into Avernus emblazons yeah. on the screen mm-hmm. of, our, of our movie as we open because yeah. obviously were, I, I like the idea. Uh, of the, Tom, I think this is a series. Okay, fine. <laughs> but there is a a swell of triumphant music as you rise the hill to, to look down upon the city that will become your refuge and salvation, and you see that it's locked out and that there's just followed this... by a sad trombone. Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then maybe we have a flashback of how you came together. So tell me, please, because I have no idea. How did you form as a group? I feel like my character probably serves, if not as the linchpin to it, then certainly the money behind it. So Ashabel opens a lot of doors for people who have a lot of money and want to hire people that don't necessarily ask a lot of questions. <laughs> Some of which uh, may benefit House Bell in times past. Um, certainly maybe disproportionately, but you don't need to worry about that. You're getting paid. <laughs> You're getting paid quite comfortably, in fact. Especially not to ask questions. I don't know why anyone would. <laughs> but uh, in order to kind of get into it, uh, Nick and I have kind of worked out that I've made use of his services in times past to uh, undermine rival houses and <laughs> cause scandals or embarrassments when it's uh, gotten in our way. Squeaky clean heroes you are. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, while he has certainly taken a lot of liberties with how to do that, which may be occasionally backlashed uh, much more than I would have envisioned. I can't deny... <laughs> you don't want questions? You don't get specificity! Yeah, that's true. I can't deny his effectiveness, especially in not being able to pin anything on us. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he basically hires me to, you know, impersonate people, cause scandal, find secrets, gossip, all the rest of it. And nice. Mm-hmm. I was saying I find him quite uptight, yep. but, mm-hmm. you know, good for a caper. Mm-hmm. He finds me irritating, but gets the job done. Indeed, yes. so. I believe that uh, Shuri and Asha were placed closely next to each other by <laughs> our mm-hmm. respective families. Indeed. In the hopes that we would form a bond. Mm-hmm. And perhaps it was strongly implied that we should perhaps marry mm-hmm. for the uh, betterment of both of our families. I think probably much to their dismay, instead of finding that bond Mm. to be romantic, we found it more in business. Indeed. It was slightly more beneficial. I mean, certainly if there was romance to be had, I would imagine that your character could have come a little further, a little closer Mm -hmm. to where things are. But I can't deny the fact that you are effective. (laughs) <laughs> and I wouldn't want to it's about as good as and the that's praise why gets we're not dating without yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the kind of lack of vindication that's why we're <laughs> yes and listen, I also yelled out at him <laughs> and listen to say that the Hellriders are respected and valued in the city of Elturel is an understatement they are just this almost well they are a worshipped and venerated sort of knightly order so to have one in your adventuring party mm-hmm. is just a really really great asset to have or was Mm-hmm. Just so to, to be f- clear, I was trained by the Hellriders. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> so just to finish that circle, um, Nadia and I, or rather our characters, actually are vying for the attentions of, in a very friendly way, of a lady in uh, Baldur's Gate, which yeah, is probably cool. maybe she put you in contact with me mm-hmm. after you, because you seem to have met some time ago, yes. which I've probably only been on the scene maybe the last, you know, six months or so. Mm-hmm. And so she, you may have casually mentioned, oh, you know... <laughs> Framed it in a more nice way, and she's like, "Oh, I know, I know a guy," mm-hmm. and that's probably how that's we where that connection. How we yes, that sounds good. 
Uh, let's see. As far as Doctrine goes, I imagine it was pretty straightforward. We were looking for some muscle because ain't none of us lifts. <laughs> you just looked around yeah. a bar, you found the most easily manipulatable, <laughs> very blank faced person, yes. and you offered him money. I did. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I did. And, I, and let me say, the, the loyalty that comes with that money is a price that can't be beat. Doctor's <laughs> oh, just happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Actually, so Mark, I have a question then. So you mentioned that you basically used to engage in a bit of pit fighting. Is that correct? Uh, so the way I saw it was essentially it's like, not even like, it's sort of, it's like death matches in, you know, heavy, <laughs> heavy quotes, heavy air quotes. Yeah. It, it's very theatrical, but especially I think in this world, they can probably take a lot more liberties than uh, they do in sort of our world. Oh, for sure. With death matches, which is saying something because those things get pretty gnarly. But yeah, it's like I see Doctor as sort of like amateur, very enthusiastic, <laughs> loves the attention, but is also just like, as I said, like he's sort of very fair haired. Um, he's got like... A shot, a shaved head and sort of gets around in just like an open vest and pants and slacks and stuff like that but when he's wrestling he's like done up in like as like like a more generic dwarf type like he's got a, like a fake red beard because he can't grow his own horn helmet it's like like braids coming out of the helmet but they're actually just attached to the helmet <laughs> wow that's great so that that would actually give you a connection maybe to Baldur's Gate because uh, while Elturel does have some underground fighting mm. pits Baldur's Gate has got a fuckload so mm. I like the idea that maybe you know you you might know your way around Baldur's Gate a little bit because you've engaged in the fighting sport here. Yeah, Doctrine's not from uh, Eldra or Baldur's Gate, and so he's moved around a bit, so he's... Yeah. Uh, well, and how did how did Sam join the crew? Just, hey, looking for Warlock, please. <laughs> <laughs> I, I suspect that Adelie's was some sort of curiosity. Mm. Because mm. you don't get a lot of warlocks of Torm, mm-hmm. and you also don't get a lot of warlocks that are okay to be just hanging around Elturel. Elturel is a little, a little racist towards Tieflings. They are that yeah, very sort of. It, it, yeah, it, 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 uh, I think that because she came to Elturel as a teenager, and the uh, the people under the Overseer, like the, the Order of the City... It's the Observer, the, sorry. Yeah, the, the, the Observer, the, ah, the, yes. The, okay. the, ever since the Companion was formed, yeah. the ruler of the city of Elturel became known as the High Observer. The High Observer, okay. Yeah. Um, but basically the Order there really didn't know what to do with her. They couldn't banish her, they couldn't mm. kill her outright because she'd forged this pact somehow and they just didn't know what to do with her. I mean, Celestial so Warlock is a, the, only, yeah. the only acceptable Warlock in yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, Exactly. She's so, being she, held up as the model minority. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. But but in but but socially she's this curiosity. It's like where did she come from? What's mm. her, what, what's she? She's intriguing. So I suspect that Master Bell mm. came seeking and was like, do you want to yeah, and that was how. I actually think, uh, well yeah, absolutely uh, bringing you in would have been something that uh, that Asher would have um, been uh, in favour of, but I actually wonder whether with Nadia's Hellrider training, whether she'd be more familiar with you. Maybe. It's that weird kid with the horns. (laughs) So how old is your character? Uh, About 30-ish. So about the same age? So same age, okay. Yeah, I mean, because of the fact that she lived in the city for so long and was such a, a part of its history I mm. think she would probably know of you mm. as the curiosity yeah she's also a very compassionate person who herself has kind of felt on the outside of a lot mm. of things which we'll go into later with my character so she probably felt quite a degree of compassion for yeah. for your situation and probably yeah. would have tried to have 
welcome you in in the same yeah. way that she okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. feels herself that she wasn't welcomed. So yeah. I could see that she may have just even mm. heard about you, went and found you, yeah. and approached you to see if you wanted to join. Mm. Yeah. You know? You would have gotten, like, a lot of <laughs> angsty teen plus other stuff that you just cannot... You can't pin down as to why, mm. but this teenager was more broken than most yeah. for the, some reason. But in the 15 years that has transpired since Yeah. Then. Oh, yeah, no. That this is, yeah, this is, but this is back when we yeah. were first met. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I think in terms of how she would have, yeah, maybe she just would have simply approached you to meet you mm. and just become yeah. friends. So maybe yeah. we've just been friends, really, yeah. up until, okay. uh, how long ago are we saying that we pulled this party of reckless individuals together I mean, a couple of months I'd say a couple of months yeah I mean yeah. that's flexible though yeah. just and and enough time to it get made them. perfect sense that when that yeah. happened it, yeah. you know I invited you in again I don't yeah. know. it may have accreted over time too it may have started out with two of you yes and then you're like hey we need muscle yep. yeah oh we need that and I figure it makes sense for me to come in a little bit later maybe yes. a specific yeah. caper where you required a face a, a yeah. face impersonation whatever and I hate that guy and you're like oh yeah you know you're still using her hair and I came a bit later because I don't have as much as a connection to El, T- El Tariel as you guys do yeah which, El Tariel so, El Tariel <laughs> that doesn't matter anymore <laughs> oh inappropriate yeah I like that very much. Okay, so that's how you all found it. To come back to the actual crux of the question, who yes. was Magden going to speak to? Yes. Magden, yes, exactly. Let, let's say me, unless you yeah. want to throw up. I would suggest that that would be the case, um, okay. and I would be kind of like your second. Yep, great. Sounds good. Well, she, so she approaches you, and she's sort of wringing her hands, and she looks really worried, and she says, Oh my, this is not exactly what I had in mind when we... I thought we'd finally have a nice roof over our heads and be able to relax and get out of the rain. This is terrible. What what can you do if they're letting no one in? I wouldn't worry about it, Magden. It's all about who you know. Fortunately, I happen to have an uncle that is stationed within the high parts of Baldur's Gate who will no doubt welcome us with open arms. Oh, 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 that's amazing. Oh, oh, lovely, lovely. Well, see to it, see to it. I beg your pardon. (laughs) If If you please, we're cold out here. I should think. <laughs> Looking around at what the setup is, yeah. is there a, a, things like, let's just say this becomes a longer term situation, mm-hmm. uh, is there appropriate shelter? Do they have appropriate gear? Or is everything very, very lacking? It is honestly very lacking. Yeah, so you said shantytown. This is, yeah. because don't forget, they, they didn't plan for this. Nah. No. The, the supplies supplies are low. The main problem that you can see is lack of food. And, mm. and for, I mean, fresh water's fine, but lack of food and le- lack of anything. Like, people literally had to pick up and go. Not Now, some of them obviously came from their farmlands, like their homes, and mm. so they could pack and whatever. Mm. But, you know, they, they would have hastily packed. Who knows how far this destruction could have spread? So people that were close to ground zero... I mean, who knows what they saw? Who knew? Who you haven't had a chance to really question anybody who was there visibly to see the city be destroyed. You just came upon it and saw the smoking crater that was left. So um, it, they are undersupplied. Basically, they need to be letting people in. Um, so if you want to go down and inspect the barriers to entry, mm-hmm. if you will, um, yep. then you can. So you, you make your way down through the crowd. The sun continues to set. You can see that there is uh, currently a bit of a scuffle going on. Uh, I mean, it looks like the Flaming Fist mercenaries are actually really quite beating down uh, a group. 
which is in, which is stopped by a figure that you know comes forward and basically pulls them off. You know, like effect. Yes, sir. Just a question: the Flaming Fists. I'm not, I've never been down to with the uh, various factions. They are the true neutral faction that is mm. actually quite evil because you can literally pay them to do anything. Oh, they are unscrupulous mercenaries. Mm. Yeah, they yeah they're sort of like pay us whatever you. We'll do anything if yeah. you pay us. Basically, so that sort of true neutral is evil. Yeah, I mean they, they they like to keep law and order in the city of Baldur's Gate. It's that's fair to say. But they are thinking like the Gotham City. Just to continue that analogy, they were the Gotham ones from Chalk, were they? They, they, they did have an outpost in Schultz. And did yeah, they're the ones I'm thinking of. Terrible, yeah. terrible stuff there, too, for yeah, sure. Like, hey, you know. So they, okay. they're not great. They don't have a great reputation. They are ruthless and efficient, though. Mm. Um, and actually, as you go down there, you can see that somebody who is uh, causing the commotion to sort of more or less stop yep. is a figure that you recognize, Ben and, oh. and Nadia. And so this is Flame Zodge. Flame Zodge. So, just to be clear. God bless you. Yes. <laughs> to be clear, the first name was Flame. No, no, no. So, yeah, I think it's his that's rank. his title. Yeah. So, oh. the Flaming Fists have a stupid um, naming system. Have a stupid naming system. <laughs> yeah. And and Flame is the equivalent of a captain. So he's really really high rank in the entire organization. There would only be about like six of them. And he's somebody that you know. He's not a nice man, but he's someone who is very upfront with you. And you've dealt with in the past. Okay. I will say that maybe he was someone that, that basically gave you a quest, like more or less gave you a bounty, perhaps to uh, mm-hmm. apprehend a fugitive that had run from Baldur's Gate and fled to Elturel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll say that yeah, so he's somebody that you you have had amicable dealings with in the past. Uh, and it looks as though he seems to be in charge of this gate. So always nice to have somebody that you know on the inside. Yeah, absolutely. Indeed. Also, Ben. Yes. You. Yeah. You are a noble. I am. You are a noble with, with connections to Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. So I will say... Oh, do you have the noble background? I do. Indeed. Mm-hmm. You recognize a familiar face. Okay. Uh, you recognize a rat-faced man Ooh. named Skarn, who you know to be the, the personal kind of, not bodyguard, the personal sort of, I guess, manservant to a noble named Amrik Vanthampur. Now, you know he's a very important noble, someone who you have actually had cordial dealings with in the past, I think, because he is an unscrupulous man who mm-hmm. does unscrupulous things. Oh, good. good and, and so let's just say that you have had business dealings. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very powerful because he is the son of one of the four dukes of Baldur's Gate. Okay. So Baldur's Gate is run by a, a peerage. It's a plutocracy mm-hmm. that is run by a peerage, but there are four dukes that actually control the entire city. There's one grand duke who is also the head of the Flaming Fist Mercenary Company. A man it's named, funny how that works out. Yes, it? a man named Ulder Ravengard, whereas he, Amrik, is the son of Duke Vanthampur, and she is a iron matronly woman of absolutely fearsome reputation. But one thing is that she is very, very powerful and influential because, well, you know, she's a duke. It is it is said that basically she, you know, was almost Grand Duke and all that kind of thing. So, you know, this this, so this manservant, uh, why he's here, you've got no idea. He's probably doing he's probably doing some lay of the land stuff. He's wandering around with a, a group of cronies, you know, men and women, uh, mostly human, a couple of a couple of elves as well, and they, and they seem to be walking around talking to refugees and such. And you do recognise him, as mentioned. He is just a, a rat faced little, very very shady looking individual in dark black leather armor. And so yeah, you, you see him, and you also see, of course, Flame Zodge. Who do you approach if, if or? 
different people. What was the commotion that Flame Zodge was dousing? So refugees tried to bust their way in and then they argued over food and then the Flaming Fist came in and basically just really really violently stopped the conflict. And then he came in and very obviously pulled them back and said, no, stop it. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, Because he's gay. Act in order. You know that he's not a nice man, but you know that he likes law and order. He's he's very by the book and does not like, he doesn't like the fact that everyone thinks that the thugs that are the Flaming Fist are the thugs that are the Flaming Fist. He's a dick, but he's not a bad guy. He wants to improve the reputation. He would hang an orphan who broke the law but would not fake evidence to convict Exactly. He's a very Javert, he's a very Javert type, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, so, uh, don't Nick. <laughs> so, uh, what's he look like? <laughs> so he... Anyway, so you see that guy? He, you know, wanders back and after the commotion dies down... Uh, now you notice that Skarn uh, has actually made eyes at you as well. Excellent. And, and just gives you gives you a little wave from a distance. You, mm-hmm. You're a good, you know, 100 feet away still. Like, you, you have to kind of push your way through the crowd at this point. Like, it's a bit, <laughs> it's a bit crowded. But what do you do? Any of you? <laughs> just because uh, just had this mental image of... Because Do- Doctrine's tall for a dwarf, but he's mm-hmm. still a dwarf. Sure. Mm-hmm. And How he, tall are you, by the way? Uh, like, four feet and change. Good, because I can create images up to five feet. So like, like, kind of like four, eight, four, nine. Like, tall, as I said, short human... Very short human, yeah, tall yeah. dwarf. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he's also his chosen weapon is a halberd. Yeah, so, no, it's so you just see halberd. like this crowd of people were walking through, just this like halberd, just going, <laughs> do, 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 <laughs> just poking up where Doctor is. You can always tell. That's great. I love that. Good detail. So what do you do? Approach Flame Zodge, I think, first up. And okay. I'll keep an eye as to where Scarn goes and catch up with him a little later. Absolutely. No, you can follow behind. Lovely. So, uh, and do you do you three follow these as well? Do you go? Do yeah. you go as a group? Yeah, yeah, I'll make myself look like a peasant and just come to. So you approach him. Um, so I was just saying, we're probably used to that by now. Like, oh yeah, yeah, you, you know that. Yeah. Literally, why I was put in the party is yeah, like, like you can't you... change your clothes, so we would just keep an eye out for your clothes. Yeah, that's how you know me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I tend to also keep heterochromia for you Sorry. guys, mm-hmm. so different coloured eyes. Uh, flame Zodge. Flame Zodge. Yes. Is a tall, broad-shouldered but lean man in his late forties. Um, so he's got jet black hair, which is going a little bit grey, and he's got an eye patch. He looks like a Three Musketeer villain, mm-hmm. um, you know, because he's got. At the present time, he's wearing he's lighter armor. Church. At the present time, he's wearing lighter armor, so it's mm-hmm. uh, it's chain with sort of black leather and a big a big cloak because it looks like it's going to rain this evening. So he's got a, a traveler's cloak on as well. Mm-hmm. He looks disgruntled and is sipping from what appears to be a whiskey a whiskey flask. I thought you were going to say glass. And I was like, that's very <laughs> click click click. <laughs> just right. why didn't no. just eat cake? Yeah. So you you go to approach him and a bunch of flaming fists go to intercede you know your, your armed people walking up they maybe think you're about to cause trouble do they touch no okay. no they, they, thank you <laughs> they do that thing where they're about to muscle in front of you and uh, flame zodge notices the two of you and says oh hello welcome i'm very glad to see that you survived it's not much of a welcome though is it no i would imagine not we have business inside the walls of belva's gate you and a few hundred others apparently Yes, but unlike them, we actually have some legitimate business. I see. Well, perhaps we can help each other, in fact. How so? Follow me. He, he wanders off, and a couple, of, a couple of flaming fists go to follow, and he just waves them back. And right. just kind of calls, calls just you over to sort of... Where you go is underneath this great stone wall. Uh, I'm going to use uh, the message uh, cantrip mm-hmm. and uh, send that to Skarn. Okay. And just basically nominate a, a landmark near the gate where we can meet up a little later. Okay, sounds great. Talk about business. Yeah. No, you can absolutely do that. Yeah. Excellent. So that travels to a range of like about 30, I think it's like, actually no, it might be further than that. 90 feet, 25 words. And yeah, it's just terse. We'll meet here. 
No, that's great. As we're walking, I'm just going to kind of shuffle up behind and, you know, be like, you know, hi, Flame, Shuri, how are you? Honestly, I've been sizably better. It has not been a good few days. Oh, I rather imagine. I have a question. How are you triaging uh, entry into Baldur's Gate? I beg your pardon? Uh, well, as my friend here said, there are people with legitimate business in Baldur's Gate. Us among them. Us among them. And I was wondering what process you have for allowing entry and exit from the city. None at the present time. The Dukes have been very clear on that. We do not want chaos and the refugees spilling into our city. I have license to, very sparingly, let certain people in. And that's where I get to my proposal. The city's in chaos, frankly, as you can see. Because before we managed to stop all the refugees coming in, some had already, of course, rushed in before we knew exactly what was happening. And then the rumors were confusing. The whole situation was fucked. Straight fucked. Now, I don't know if you know this little tidbit yet, but the Grand Duke himself, Older Ravenguard, my boss, he was in Alturel. He was there on some diplomatic mission. You don't say. Yes, and so... so lost your captain? We have lost our commander, our marshal, yes. Unfortunately, this has led to confusion in the ranks as well. We did not even know that he was visiting El Terrell until the rumors started to fly around and it turned out that he was there on a diplomatic mission to stow some conflict that was rising up over trade tariffs or some bullshit. I don't know. The point is, we've lost him. We've lost our Grand Duke. I'm so sorry for your loss. And she just puts... Yeah. Hand on her, her hand on his shoulder. I my mouth goes from open to closed. Is <laughs> <laughs> very sad? I am very worried because of the fact that this <laughs> this has caused tensions between our cities to reach boiling point. Beyond the fact that several hundred of you seem to have survived, great by the way, and shown up here, people are blaming everyone. And here's the other thing. And he steps forward. Somebody is killing refugees. I think that it's a coordinated effort, and uh, we don't frankly have the manpower to mount a proper investigation and response. We're right now focused mostly on bringing some order to the chaos out here. I would like you to be deputized, so that way I can let you into the city, along with any that you escort. That way, I can legitimately allow you in. But I would like very much for you to solve this string of murders, please. Or are you saying that if you, these guys, let themselves get deputized, you'll let all us farmers who went with them in? <laughs> oh. Doing my worst peasant impression. There is a withering game. <laughs> oh, Lord <laughs> Fancy Pants. Oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> come back. <laughs> I no. have taken psychic damage from this. <laughs> 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 Not doctored, me, Mark. Oh. <laughs> oh. I'm just trying to confirm the deal. And the <laughs> <laughs> he says, I will admit yourselves and a selection of no more than fifty that, that you might be it? that you might be escorting. How many people do we have in our little less than forty? Less than that. Oh, sweet. Yeah, <laughs> doctor, trying to count to fifty. Barely getting past six. <laughs> How dare you? He can count to ten without taking off his shoes. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. So. How many fingers does he have? All right, Kurt. He says, Do you agree to my terms? You will make this your first priority. You will investigate the killings and find out who is responsible. The last thing we need is this kind of situation happening, causing chaos in my city. Well, desperate times call for desperate measures, I imagine, Flynn Zodge. I think we can help you with your little problem. 
Splendid. In that case, I shall give you the details. A half dozen bodies, six so far, have been dumped at Insight Park. It's located in the Brampton neighborhood south of Cliffgate. Ritual symbols associated with the dead three, the gods Bane, Baal, and Merkel, have been carved into the bodies. Now, I don't know if it's actually followers or cultists of the dead three, or whether they're using them as, as a scapegoat. This, this city has long had a history of the cult of those three gods. One thing oh, I will you don't tell need to tell me that. The reputation of Baldur's Gate precedes itself. Yes. But one thing that I will say is that on the rare occasions in the past when those three cults do actually work together on murders, it is always for some very specific purpose. Beyond the fact that all of the killings so far have been refugees like yourself from Elturel, I believe there to be some other connection that I am not seeing. And that will be the key to unraveling who amongst them is behind it. Or, if it turns out that they're not connected to the cult at all and they're simply using it as a smokescreen, fine, whatever. Just find out who's responsible and stop them. I imagine for yourselves, you'll probably be rather invested in stopping elterol immigrants, refugees being slaughtered as well. Now, they've all been dumped in Inside Park. Inside Park is very large, and so far, there's been one drop there every night. That's one clue. You can try to investigate and see if you can find another one, inspect the crime scene, so to speak. Although, they've covered their tracks rather well. The other thing is, is that I have an informant. I have an informant named Tarina. She's very good, and I've arranged a meeting. If you go to the Elf Song Tavern this evening, after sunset, she'll be there. And she should have some, apparently, she has some information and some leads. I don't know how accurate that is, but she's come through in the past. So. Yep, I'll take that one then in the tavern. Completely changing the accent and voice. <laughs> he says, now, she's a paid informant. So he turns around and he, he pulls out a, a pouch mm -hmm. and says, it has 50 gold coins in there. I take that. That's payment for her information. But try to make sure it isn't just complete bullshit. Secondly, if you are successful, not only will I uh, feel good about letting you in, but I will give you a reward of, say, 300 gold each. It'll make me look very good if I can solve these murders and stop this happening. Then we'll be able to come inside in the meantime. Yes. <laughs> Wouldn't it just be safer to bring everybody in and settle them? Absolutely not. We don't have the room for such an influx all of a sudden. No. There will be battles and street fights over housing in the inns. Well, he, he is brutally correct, unfortunately. Are you saying yeah, that in character? No, no, that's just as, as, as out of no, character. No, I was wondering if that was actually legitimately true. Hmm. People will be killed over tavern rooms yeah, and yeah. food and supplies. Well, of course, that makes sense. I mean, you take away um, the meager holdings that they uh, have. Don't think we are doing nothing. The Dukes have, in order to present a, a good face in the, in the in the interest of comradeship, have sent for shipments of extra food, but they will not arrive for another couple of days. They just simply have to be patient. And patience is something that people suffering a disaster like this, understandably, do not always have. Completely dropping my facade, so I just look like myself again. So, you right in front of him? Yeah. It's shit! <laughs> his hand goes to his sword, and he's, he, just, he freaks out for a second. We've met before. Oh, we, now you'd be a human. No, but he doesn't know. That. Oh, no, wait. No, you don't know that. Yes, we've met many times. <laughs> as, I think as the, like, just instinctively, Doctrine's essentially following, like, established orders. Mm -hmm. Which one of which is like if he has questions, ask them after the people who are hiring us have left. Yeah. And the yeah. other one is like when people, you know, get in front of the squishies. Yeah. Yes. You know. All right. So yeah, you're pretty much. So it's like right his then. hand goes to the side. Like I don't draw any weapons, but I just sort of like yes. start to shift in front of Nick a little bit. I mean, right. maybe you've already thought of this, but surely a druid 
one druid could feed hundreds of these people. I'm sure they've already thought of everything and are doing everything in their power. In the meantime, have we have... Have you thought of everything? He says, indeed I have, and do not do that again. <laughs> <laughs> he says, one druid with a goodberry spell, and that's literally hundreds fed a day. Silver tongue. All right, let's do a contract and let's get you deputized. So he actually draws out an official, an actual contract. Um, okay. As he's drawing that up, I'll shift over to whoever's not involved... Who's, it's uh, yeah. yeah, I'll shift yeah. over to you and just be like, the uh, the deputized thing is, yes. um, I'm not religious. Is that going to be a problem? You'll be fine. Okay. It's not baptism. I'm not circumcised. I'm not circumcised. Are they going to have, are they going to, you know, uh, scissors, scissors gesture? Wow. So. You'll be fine. I promise. Okay. I trust you. <laughs> That's great. And um, just to be clear, it does say what I was trying to get at before is this, our group will be let in immediately. Yes. Before we have solved the crime. Yes. Because yes. we yeah. need to investigate. As, a, as you will not be paid until you've completed. Yeah, the that's fine. But you and up to 50. fifty of your choice will be allowed in. Mm. Yeah. Well, let's just maximise that. Grab one. Yeah. Grab a few extras. Pick the most attractive of them. <laughs> oh. So today so, the, the part of Nick's character will be played by Nadia. <laughs> So he unravels a straw and draws up a contract of service. Mm -hmm. To start the theme of contracts going, um, I was actually going to see if I could even print out a contract to have Ooh, a little I could have done oh, a no. leather one and got heaps so of it. So are we being deputised as flaming, flaming fist. fist? Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I want to Because Because you, you, you have to be in order to be able to have any powers of arrest or whatever. Mm -hmm. He says, to be clear, you will have complete freedoms all the freedoms that the Flaming Fist have. You will answer to the Flaming Fist if confronted about anything, but other than that, you will have my permission to brutally execute whoever is behind this. Oh, great. And do whatever you need to do to get to the bottom of it. He's Carte Blanche, fantastic. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so That's he, kind of intense. So, on me. So he draws it out, and he gives you a little pin, and he pricks his thumb, and you, you put a bloody thumbprint on the okay. bottom of the contract, passes the pin around for you to do so, and so you all do, you all do that. My blood uh, is rainbow. I want to take a look at this contract. Well, yes, absolutely. <laughs> you can, if yeah. you want to do it. Listen, believe me, this is something spoiled. Yeah, let's let's something, read the T's and yes. C's. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> some intelligence read this. Oh, you are putting a lot of faith in me. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll end up doing that. Okay. Investigation. Um, Investigation it is, yes. Uh, do we I have to wear the uniform? Assist. Could I assist with this? Gain advantage. Yeah, because I would like to. I would like to see if there is a clause saying that we are deputized until the course of this investigation runs in its full its fullness. Is there an end date to it? Are you is there an end date to this? And is there an opt out? I agree with that because I don't <laughs> don't want to be press gagged. Yeah, <laughs> take take it from the person Good that has point. entered a contract. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, it is now actually. She reads them. <laughs> Yeah. What? Only <laughs> So that's a very good point. It currently states until the investigation is complete. Okay. Good. You're assisting yeah. to so, advantage. So if you're like bending over this contract and I'm exploitable. standing by yep. whispering into your ear. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, with advantage, I still came to a 13. Okay. So it looks very by the numbers. Like you don't think that it's actually anything tricksy in here. Mm -hmm. uh, you believe that it is legitimate. I mean, it, it's very short, which helps. There isn't a yeah. lot of terms and conditions or anything like that. It's just, it's pretty much just, you know, you will agree to pursue investigation to solve these murders that are taking place to the best of your ability using whatever methods yeah. you deem necessary you know, in, in order to do so and you will have like you are judged during an execution when you find the people responsible simple as that yeah. mm -hmm. and we're allowed up to 50 refugees in correct we'll be housed and fed and well they're allowed them. into the city <laughs> now let's talk about being housed I have 
no real concern in that regard. Our contract, you know, our deal with them was get them into the city. We have got them into the city. I assume that they're not like obviously they've lost everything sort of major in their life, but they're not necessarily fully impoverished. No. I don't know, like. Maybe they just have it's still going to be awkward. They're still going to have trouble finding lodging. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Business oh. and harvest, I suppose. I think like. between Ben's contacts and mine, though, because I do also have some contacts, we might actually be okay. I probably have some friends that they can stay. Gold. Hey, look, you've, you've already seen a contact of Ben, so that might be something you can look into for sure. I also have... So, by and large, the city... The, the family that I come from are one of those families that are almost an institution, like a ah, business. They're yes. so big. Now, most of them were in El Terrell, so they did perish. Mm. Um, however, I do still have like uncles and aunties and cousins in a couple of different cities, one of which is Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do the same kinds of business, so they are um, in building, construction, design, um, masonry. So I'm almost wondering if I could potentially, mm. as yeah. an idea, get in touch with one of them and see if there's even just some half- furbished buildings yeah. that we could kind of get people into. And also, I'd, I presume your family needs labourers for masonry and whatnot, you know, farmers, trans... Quite I mean, possibly. Something to consider yeah, absolutely. for, you know, not to maybe deal with straight away, but, you know, potentially on our task list. Yeah, absolutely. That That is something that's very plausible, so I like that a lot. Can I just canonise something that Mark said was quite good? I joked about having rainbow blood, but yeah. he suggested <laughs> that my blood does appear normal, but has an oily rainbow sheen to it. Ooh, no, you know, like you like see that. oil on the street? Yeah, yeah. like an oil scene yeah. sort of has that shine that marks me as you know not quite human yep which is a cool idea absolutely so you uh, so first of all he gives you the contract and and gives you a copy of it basically Mm -hmm. Um, and then he also gives you a list of the refugees that have been killed so far the victim list including what what little information because they're from Elturel so he doesn't have a lot of information on them so you can do an investigation just looking at them Mm -hmm. obviously being from Elturel you'll have advantage Mm -hmm. if you wanted to see if there's any connection there that you have not uh, seen so far so you want to do that now yeah I mean you may as well I mean you're starting off obviously you have the informant to speak to and you've got potentially the crime I mean up to you how you want to go about it you can all right but for now so actually, get everyone inside and then yeah yeah so first, first of all okay this causes a bit of a ruckus because these people like i mean there's a bit of rioting yeah and honestly i assume that you probably just turn a blind eye to it for now and just get your people in safely yep, yep. because to say that the flaming fist are ungentle with those that are trying to push their way in after you is actually quite brutal it's it's pretty nasty mm. um so you get in Soon you are on the streets of Baldur's Gate. All of your, the caravan, the family, turn to you and sort of expectantly and they give, they give you thanks. Uh, Magden comes to you and says, well, thank you so much for getting us into the city. We will try our best to find some lodgings. Where can we find you if we need you for anything? Oh, up in the higher echelons in the city, but I don't imagine that you'd be able to get there. <laughs> I... Good. Yeah, I definitely turned into him behind his back, mate. <laughs> yeah, for the record, I'm doing. Me, 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 me. If Nadia wants to jump in uh, with what she's got in mind and take the lead on that, is this about getting people housed? Yeah, Magda's just literally asked or about where, it. Where, where, where they can find us? Where they can find us? And also, like, where? Yeah. Like, like, I mean, the, where, where do they go now? You know, we'll try to find lodgings where we can. I think was the wording. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it depends on whether or not we want to pursue this store part of the story right now but I'll at the very least say to him you know sorry say to her we do have some connections in the city we're going to see if we can get people both housed and also some temporary work for able-bodied okay she says all right well I'll try my best to 
keep everyone together and keep everyone safe for now. So we got like a thousand gold each, right? Huh? We have a thousand gold each. You you all no. do. Yeah, I was giving fifty gold. I mean, that in peasant money that goes quite a long way, doesn't it? it? Oh, it sure does. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, if you, so if you give you, you give her, she looks at you with bright eyed wonder and says, "Yes." Oh, your generosity is unfathomable. Thank you so much. I know, I know. I'm just magnificent. Also, mm. I think we may assume that they don't necessarily know anything about Baldur's Gate. If any of us knows the do not go to this part of town. <laughs> it's a long list. of information. Oh. We Doctor make probably, sure we tell them. Yeah. Doctor would just be like, it's like, oh yeah, there's uh, a bunch of places where uh, they fight you if you go there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, look, it's really rude. And it's not like the fun kind of fight either. <laughs> Okay, so uh, maybe don't. You work out a relatively safe place where they can yeah. they can go and try to find some lodging, or if not, just pull I up mean, sticks honestly, in the street. Like, well, I think the gold should find lodging. Yeah, Doctor probably turned up at Baldur's Gate at some point with not much oh. on his back, so he'll also know, like, oh, there's a place they give out uh, at the temple, there's free, there's food and stuff. You can't sleep there, they get mad. But Believe me. They, they'll feed you, and it's, you know. You can't it's, pretend to be a priest, it's blasphemy and heresy. <laughs> just, so, really quickly, Sam, this yes. is probably something that's going to occur to you more than it's going to occur to me. Okay. These guys are potential opportunities for this murderer. Do you want to warn them? Oh, don't worry. It's okay. I, got it? I, I've already got that in my brain. All right. <laughs> if you want to do that, then by all means do. Oh, yes. So just be like, hey, by the way, someone's while, killing While this is happening, actually, yeah. I'm, I have the list. Oh, then, sure. Of victims. Go, go for it. And I'm looking over them. Do they... Okay, so they have their names. They do. Where yep. they're from. Yep. Gender. A, yeah, basically... Inscribed uh, by the name. Inferred by yeah. the name. A, ba- a basic description of them and all details they can find. Like, approximate... Yeah, definitely gender, approximate approximate age. Like uh, Yeah, things like that. Okay, all right. Um, so, yeah, I am looking over that, but I'm looking for something in particular. What's that? If anything's missing. No, so they, they were actually all killed in the same way. They were okay. all beaten. And they all showed signs of being bound and ritually sacrificed. Like they were all killed by the what appears to be a single dagger thrust through the heart. You know, you okay. know, you know, you've seen this kind of sort of ritual murder before. And they all they all had the symbols of the three dead gods carved into their body in on at least one place or two. Okay. So an investigation role though to see if there's anything that you know about what these people have in common, apart from being refugees from El Torel. Who, who, who wants want, to do it? Do you want me to working with you or you want to run this one? Uh, I mean, I have to provide advantage on this. Yeah, yes, please. But I can also do other stuff if it needs to be. It's an investigation check. Yeah. Yes. So, Master Bell. Yes. Do you see anything strange about these? I mean, apart from the obvious. Oh, so they're all peasants. <laughs> Look deeper, please. Don't think I need that kind of tone, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you do. <laughs> let's let's give you an investigation check, please. All right. And okay. you can provide advantage, so there you go. Then you have advantage. Very good. Uh, 15. 15. Great. So, first of all, they're not all peasants. Some oh. of them, a couple of them are rather highborn. Wait, there are a couple of actual people in here. Oh! <laughs> but the one thing... Master now, Bell, please. The Stop one... calling him Master for a start. Yeah. <laughs> Inflating his head bigger and bigger. The one connection that you make with the, with the 15 is the fact that they are all either Hell Riders... Or descendants of Hellriders. Ooh. Two, two or one. Well, I should think it's obvious. 
there's some importance you know, there's some importance attached to these people they appear to be in some way affiliated with if not actually Hellbriders uh, Shuri and I pass the scroll over to you you might have some familiarity with them okay do I? yes there are two two of them uh, Hellbriders that were about your age mm-hmm. so you would be familiar with them unfortunately mm. you had had hoped that they actually had made it managed to you know get to safety but apparently they've been murdered do you find it concerning that two such capable people are on this list maybe makes me think that they weren't taken so much as possibly convinced part of the way they are strong and quite capable themselves you think that they were approached are we assuming that the people sacrificing the refugees from Elturel are from Baldur's Gate but perhaps we need to consider that some of the people involved could be within the refugees themselves. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know much, but it's just something for us to think about. I think we should think about it, and I think we should think about it in the context of getting a closer look at these people. You do that. I'm going to go to the tavern and meet the contact. Can I have that 500 gold? 50 gold, I think you'll find. And <laughs> secondly... Did you say 50, or was it 500? It was 50. 50. Oh, 500 Can I have gold. For... Can I have that 500 gold? <laughs> oh, you can't afford it. Ooh. I beg your pardon. <laughs> you heard me. This is like so, <laughs> probably, yeah, perhaps, perhaps I'm just overly suspicious, Silvertongue, but I'm giving you 50 gold to go to a tavern. I just gave 50 gold away. You know I don't care about cash. That's which my, is true. That is actually my concern. I want adoration and adultation. Like, the peasants thank, you know, being like, oh, you're so good. That's what I want. <laughs> All right, one moment. And if I may. Yes. Uh, I'm going to use a uh, ritual to cast Alarm. On uh, the patch of 50 gold. Oh, okay. <laughs> Done. And then uh, pass it over to you. 10 minutes I open the gold. <laughs> Just as... I think we do. Just what as does alarm do? It just lets you know when it's open. Uh, yeah, so basically the idea that if it's uh, stolen... Give me one second, I'll get you the full detail. <laughs> <laughs> I've alarmed it, so I'll know when you open it. I open it. Just sounds like an old-timey car horn. <laughs> and you would also know, Ben, that I rarely actually pay for it. I, most ju- oh, I yep. mostly just walk into places, pretend to be someone who would get free drinks. And just- I know. Alarm won't actually play a part in this one, sorry. Not from uh, the reading of the spell, so that's fine. Yeah, okay. it, it's an area, not a yeah. thing. It was a, cool, it was a nifty idea, though. Yeah. yeah, it's a good idea. No, that's fair Listen, right. I am assuming that you're all going to go to the Elf Song Tavern and stick together. At least that would be a should. reasonable <laughs> Oh, I thought, I thought you might investigate the bodies but and I'm, we'd do the... We could go to the tavern first, then go to the park after. Well, but I am quite hungry. Depending on what information she has, yes, exactly right. right. I also have a meeting with Scarn that I have to d- attend to as well, but I can put that off. Yes, I thought it would be splendid part just because there's quite a few things to do. Mm, that's true. I mean, also, I guess it's to know the characters individually, I guess. Mm. That's true, but also, you know, s- ca- safety and fun. safety and such. I mean, maybe yeah. maybe get to the old song first. Okay. You can- Let's learn a little bit more about right. what we're yep. dealing with. Good, good. But um, take, the, take the lead, I think, on this one. Okay, so you all make your way to the Elfsong Tavern. Now, the Elfsong Tavern is a very, very famous tavern in Baldur's Gate. And just historically, it features in a lot of the video games and such of uh, Baldur's Gate history and Forgotten Realms history. It comes from, and you would, all, you would all know this if you're even vaguely familiar with Baldur's Gate, you know that the, the name comes from the fact that there is an, a female elven ghost that occupies the tavern that sings. And she sings a mournful lament to a lover lost at sea, the song. It's always the same song. And she sings it at least every 
three days and never more than twice in a single evening and only after sunset. As you arrive at the tavern itself, uh, and it's a beautiful, you know, two-story plus a top bit structure. Actually, as you walk in the front door, you can see the common room downstairs with a bunch of interesting characters lurking around. And as soon as you walk in, the song begins. And it is this, just this haunting melody. It's, it's a cappella, there's no music to it, but it has a sort of an ethereal echoing quality. It's very sort of Enyo-like. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it just kind of seems to come from everywhere and nowhere. And as you walk in, there's just this reverent hush, that awe that comes upon everyone. And you can see that there is, you know, a very, very handsome middle-aged half-elf who is the tavern owner. He's got sort of dark red hair and just kind of sits there and just stops polishing the bar for a moment, looking up wistfully, even though he's probably heard it a million times. Mm-hmm. One person, there's a, there's, a, there's a grumpy, old, long, grey-bearded dwarf who is dressed in miner's gear, who just breaks down weeping. And, oh. and a tavern regular who you don't think actually knows him, knows him at all, just kind of doesn't seem surprised by this and just walks over and gives him a, a reassuring pat on the back. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, it's a very, very sort of stirring melody. Obviously it has some kind of, I mean, without direct supernatural effect, it obviously affects people more than, say, a song. It does, it would, does. Without you, being in bewitching or whatever. It, yeah. Exactly right. You definitely feel some sorrow. Does, you that, feel some of the, does that stir up? your character a song of sorrow and loss having essentially just well suffered some yourself you might look to her to see but it doesn't appear too much on her face at all whether that's because she's keeping it on the inside or whether that's because she's not experiencing it you're not too sure when the song ends it's very much just and business yeah, 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 back yeah, to normal. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all very, very routine here. Um, but the tavern looks nice. I mean, it's a little rough because literally every tavern in Baldur's Gate is a little bit rough. But this is a very nice tavern. You think that for a tavern in Baldur's Gate, this is probably one of the more upscale, uh, friendlier, safer places. Natural rated 2 out of 10. Uh, however, <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly right. Too many middle could, class could, people here. Could do without the catawalling spirit. It, it could <sighs> do, yes. Now... The first thing that happens, though, is that the handsome half-elf, who appears to be the the tavern owner and bar runner, uh, wanders over to you. When you walk in, you're all a group of people who are armed, and he looks actually a little worried and wanders straight up to you, and he has got a couple of bottles of alcohol in his hand. Oh. Can I just say, so this is a famous tavern in Baldur's Gate. Very, very famous. He would know me. I would have performed here. Oh, okay. In that case... I am more in Baldur's Gate than Armitario. Okay, I like that. Well, in that case then, I will adjust that and say that he looks mostly concerned about your companions and doesn't look quite as worried as I had initially imagined then. So he wanders over and says, uh, so you know then that this man is called Alan Alith? Alan. Okay. And he is just uh, a very sort of our world name. Oh, no, that's not what you're commenting on. No. No. no and he that. has run this tavern for quite some time. Um, and so, yeah, he's always very friendly. And, you know, he, he always likes to bribe mercenaries and adventurers that come in to ensure that they don't cause trouble, basically. So he wanders over to you. And he actually even has a bottle of what you know is distilled Elverquist. Oh, yeah. And just says, nice. oh, greetings and salutations. How lovely to see you again. And uh, I'm so very glad that you managed to make your way into our fair city. Yes, it was the narrowest of scrapes, a tale worth telling sometime. My good man, I must say, when I heard the terrible, terrible tale of what happened to your current place of residence, I was quite worried. You, amongst others, are those that I value as patrons and uh, work colleagues. I'm glad to see that you are intact. 
Thank you very much. It means a lot to me. Is it true what they're saying? Is what true? That the sun fell out of this clearly fell out of the sky and caused the crater? Well, that's I, I, I heard many things. I heard that the sun ex, that the companion exploded. I also heard a rage of dragons flew over and torched to the ground. Perhaps not the safest topic of conversation. Of course, of course. Please, here, take take this. And he, he, he gives you bottles and says, uh, is there any alcoholic beverage that you particularly enjoy, uh, companions of this marvellous entertainer? Yes, these are my three friends and some guy called Asher. Um, <laughs> so he, take, he takes your drink order. I mean, he, take, he gives you a very fine bottle of wine yes. and, a, and a bottle of Elverquist, and then he asks you if there's anything else you particularly want. Well, I think that will do. You like um, Elverquist is quite fancy, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Unfortunately, I cannot partake. Do you have anything that doesn't have um, alcohol in it? Of course, yes. Uh, what teas do you have? I have a remarkable selection of teas. I pick you for a jasmine woman. Ooh, you would pick right. <laughs> so with that, he yeah, he brings you a nice pot of tea and he makes sure that you get a seat in the corner. Mm. There's a group of people, well, there's a, a large number of people. There is a, a dice game called Baldur's Bones, which is a very popular dice game in Baldur's Game. They actually have rules for it in the game. <laughs> if, you want to, if you want to play it, it uses D6s. But um, there's, a, there's a raucous game going on there. You also notice that there is a female halfling um, who is wearing a very colourful cape. You know, she basically... She, yeah, it, it is very, very weird. She has a, a strange, like, multicoloured cape and she's sitting in, sitting in the corner by herself. Like a medicine's cape, a troubadour's cape. Almost, yeah. yeah. Like a motley. Very similar, actually. Oh, interesting. Uh, you can see that there is a very, very large female half-orc who is currently grimly sitting at the bar, just taking up a lot of space, you know, being... Ooh, yeah. Just, you know... Yeah. <laughs> I egg doctored on. No, I just, like, I just sort of... Just because she seems, like, grump, grumpy and angry, I just doctored him walking up. Like, he's getting a drink... Um, but he's probably like he's, he's asking if they have bone broth because <laughs> it's not his it's not his cheat day so he can't have alcohol <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> And just sort of like while while they're checking and doing something, just turns around. Hi. <laughs> yeah, there is also <laughs> so she just sort of turns to you and says, "Fuck off." There is also a okay. probably probably the most evil looking halfling you've ever seen in your entire life. She's got like she looks so goth. Like she's got black hair. She has really pale skin. She's got a big scar across her face. She's wearing black leather armor, and she's literally sitting in the corner flipping a coin <laughs> and and just like just attacking the table with a, with a dagger who wants a big titty goth <laughs> you've described her very interestingly is there a goblin nearby called Samantha Smorkel <laughs> I'd like to talk to you instead talk to instead Samantha Smorkel Samantha Smorkel she's from the city of the rich frog anyway that is a, and a bunch of other other less remarkable patrons but that's but you uh... our contact was a half elf right no she's human Human? You were given a description of her. She's got red hair and freckles, and she's very tall. And her name is Tarina. Okay. Mm. Are you drinking? Because everyone else is not drinking. I'm drinking. Well, you are. Are you drinking? Yeah. She would drink. All right. Well, I will then get... We'll set up. Let's set up into the corner. Get a bottle of Elvaquist. I'll Mm -hmm. give Asher a wink, because I've been teasing him terribly. Give him the Elvaquist. Good. Thank you. As long as you keep referring to peasants as scum, he'll keep needling you. I'm... I'm... (laughs) scum. And I'll keep an eye. I'll drink. Yeah. But I'll uh, mm. keep an eye. Just so you see, so you keep an ear out, and of course, everyone, you hear these snippets of conversation, and if you just sit and listen, like there are so many rumors flying around, just like, uh, 
With Raven Guard out of the way, who's going to be the next Grand Duke, I wonder? My money's on that Thalmara Vanthampur. She was practically born in the sewage, she was. And she's more vicious than a swarm of rats. You know this is actually true. Mm. Um, she came from being a governor of uh, waste disposal. So she literally was a commoner who worked her way up um, by being like an engineer. The worst kind of commoners. Yeah. Yeah. The ones with aspirations who won't stay in their place. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. The flaming fist is decapitated. The Kaplans have already started bickering over who should be in charge with all the Raven Guard gone. I'll bet it's my, bet my last copy piece of them so-called refugees, big quote marks, are advanced scouts for an army that's preparing to attack Baldur's Gate. Um, Doctor, wow. walk over to the dice game, by the way. Yeah, see, yeah, you, you wander on over to the dice game. Yeah, you just... uh, yeah, no, you can join in if you like. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Okay. You wait around for a good hour or so. The sun sets, obviously. Uh, it already has, just as you walked in. And then, uh, about an hour after sunset, a woman who very, very much matches the description of two walks in. She, she wanders over to the bar. She looks a little bit agitated and her hand's shaking a little bit and then she just kind of wanders over and thumps down some coins on the bar and he, Alan comes over and gives her a drink without a word. She's obviously a regular. I'll cat go up to the bar. Yep. Um, then want to come with me? Sure. And... She asked what you were doing before I said yes. Uh, <laughs> now you're stuck in a seduction scene. Oh no. <laughs> Too bad, Paladin. So I'll look up to the bar and slouch in Susan and like, well, hello. And how do you present currently? Um, probably Flames Orb or whatever his name is. <laughs> no. No, no. I'll just, I'll look, I'll look like myself. Okay, so, wait, as in a changeling? No, no, no. Or just my, the, my, my, the, the attractive fae persona. That you, you never see that. Okay. That's my default is like the fae persona thing. That is what I think I look like. Okay, so she so she just kind of like turns aside to you. She, so you can see that she's, you know, quite a, a hard-faced but uh, but beautiful woman. Um, but she looks kind of very sharp-featured and mean. She has lots of freckles and she's got sort of frizzy frizzy red hair. Um, she's got leather armor, a traveler's cloak. She has a short sword at her side. And she's got bruised and bloodied knuckles. Mm. So she. And she, and she also has a slight split lip. So it looks like she's been in a fist fight. Uh, and she looks a bit agitated. So she turns to her, So when you lounge next to her, she turns to you and says, Uh, no, sorry. Maybe later on after a few drinks, but for now I'd like some space. What about me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm wing woman. What's <laughs> oh, no, I don't mean, I don't mean like that. Sorry. Um, uh, I, I'm sure Tarina? She flinches a little bit, but then, you know, obviously she's well-known and this is clearly where she operates her information business out of, so she's certainly not unused to people coming and asking for her or knowing what she looks like. So she she extends a hand to shake it and says, yes? Um, My friend and I have been told, uh, along with our rest of our group, to speak with you that you might have some information for us in regards to the murders. She narrows her eyes at you and says, who told you? This guy. And I'll just, like, turn to him briefly. <laughs> the, the colourful halfling in the corner is, Yeah! <laughs> splendid! Yeah! <laughs> I love you, Red does, Citizen! Does it make that sound? Like... No, no, no. <laughs> I can make it do that. No, it's actually really eerily silent. And it's not even like a, it's not even like a morph thing. It's just it's a complete... It's like a shift, like, almost like the sands move across Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, or is it... A, is it no, this one is just like, it's just, it's there. Okay. And it's actually probably more disturbing for it. You'd expect there to be some running and whatever. No, so I'll just, I'll just turn to this, this fellow. Oh, okay. Sure. Come along. 
And with that, she just like takes you off to the corner. You, so you sit in a nice little dark corner. And I assume the rest of you will go over as well. That's what I'm going to be like, it's fucked. It's completely fucked. <laughs> All right. <laughs> But you're uh, getting involved in the, I, I'm in the game. I, I'm gambling. gambling. Oh, I'm probably not paying attention. Nice. No, that's, that's so fair. So you see, you're probably losing. Yeah. Great. How Sounds dare good. you? Wow. <laughs> is it a game of skill or chance? It is a game of a little... It's mostly mostly chance. You're okay. But there's some strategy. It's it's like blackjack. Oh, it's like yeah, blackjack. I was, I was just oh, reading about it. It's, like it's, it's 21. Oh, okay. It's 21. Yeah. Oh, okay, I was thinking it was more like the a game from Dead You can see what everyone rolls oh, first. Okay. okay, so she sits down and says, <sighs> Okay, so there are six murders so far. And while in the past, and all of a sudden, the song starts again. Oh. And she's, oh, and she, she, she stops for a second and just like, you know, holds up a hand and just, you know. And Did ever, you say never twice in one night? Never no, more than twice. Yeah, never more than stuff. twice. Um, but yeah, so, but having, hey, twice in like two hours is pretty good. So, yeah. 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 And so the, mm-hmm. so the song starts again and, it, and everyone stops for a second and goes through it and just sort of sits there listening wistfully to it. Someone else in the corner just breaks down and sobs. Can I, this really isn't my field, but I, I do have entertainment performance. Can I, like, is there something about the melody? You know, is it is it the quality of the song? It- you you think it's the sorrow of the spirit. You think it's mm. the ghost because it's a ghost that's that's doing it. Of course, I'm gonna try and learn the song anyway. You can on the second listen. To it's it. in it's in Elven. As long as you speak Elven, you can. I mean, I'll say if you're a if you're a performer, then you. Can I've got five in performance, and you've performed in this tavern before. I have, yeah. So you've probably heard it a few times. So yeah, sure. I'll no, say I'll, just- I'll say that you know the song. Why not stow it away for later? Yeah, just in case. So the song completes. Everyone always pays respect and, you know, a couple of people go to tr- keep talking while the song's playing, obviously not being regulars at the tavern. Mm. And people who are regulars just go, oh, no, like, like, shush, shush your face. <laughs> so she leans forward and says, okay, do you know Amrik Vanthampur? I'm acquainted. Okay. Well, he's got a side hustle going on, getting refugees into the city. The rumor is, however, that apparently he's being very selective on who he lets in. Apparently he's trying to prioritize people who are hell riders or descendants of hell riders. The reason given is that his family is very respectful of that noble institution. And so if they're going to use their wealth and privilege and, well, his <laughs> underhanded connections to get some people in the city, he wants to prioritize this organization that he's got a lot of fondness and respect for. The problem is I've never heard of him having any fondness and respect for the Hell Riders, in fact, quite the opposite. It is uh, also a little suspicious that of all the refugees that have been killed, all of them have been those that have been entering the city under his operation. Hmm. So he may be one avenue to pursue. He operates his business and spends most of his time out of a gambling den in a ship called the Low Lantern down by the docks. She gives you the address. Hmm. But more importantly than that, and the strongest lead that I have, I think, is the fact that cultists of the Dead Three, if they are responsible, mind you, cultists of the Dead Three have been seen coming and going from a bathhouse. And she gives you the address of the bathhouse. She says, the interesting thing about this bathhouse, you guessed it, it's a secret holding by the Duke Vanthamper. Where did you learn all this? I have many eyes and ears on the street. So Vanthamper, part of or working with the cultist, what do you think? She says, I honestly don't know. I don't. I do not know why one of the dukes of the city would have any interest in working with the Dead Three. With Ulder Ravengar gone, she's the most likely candidate, despite her low upbringing, to become the next Grand Duke. She's certainly ruthless enough to make it happen. 
being caught up in something like this would only hurt her chances. At the very least, you'd think that she would want to become Grand Duke before engaging in whatever dark nonsense. How out in the open are these cultists able to operate? Oh, are they... not at all. Mm. The, the Dead Three have been have been responsible for many serial killings in Baldur's Gates over the years. They're, they're a problem. They're a thorn in the side of the city. Law enforcement thought that they wiped them out many years ago, but every once in a while they resurface. The other rumor that I have is that the Van Thamper family, either entirely or only the upper echelons, are also devil cultists of some kind. But that just could, that could be a rumor. Maybe she's a member of this cult of the Dead Three. But I always I always heard it differently. I always heard that she was a devil worshipper, not a Dead Three worshipper. It may be that the Dead Three are just a mother's dragon, a front to get their dirty business done. Why not blame a bunch of people Shut who are serial killers? Shut up! And she, and she yeah. and sorry, while you're talking, she says, stop. Because the song starts again. Ah. But it's a completely different song. Oh. It is the same voice, and it is the same person, the ghost, etc. But the song itself is different. This literally causes the bar owner to drop the bottle that he was holding. Like, everyone is just like, what? Never happened. Yeah, there is this sense of, what the fuck? Literally never has this occurred, ever. And everybody. And this song is somehow louder and more reverberating. And you, each of you, sort of feels it. A little bit more like you have this weird sense of pins and needles beyond the fact that it's a unusual occurrence you get the impression that this is a very very monumental thing like there is just absolute forget everyone going quiet in respectful silence this is stunned silence can i roll insight you can but first of all i'm gonna sing it <laughs> oh yeah okay all right so <sighs> Are you done your vocal warm-ups? Yes. Excellent. I'm <laughs> losing my voice now, but that's okay. Oh, sing a song of Elturel, of water, woods, and hill. The sun dawns on her ruddy cliffs and fields green and still. This land of long-abiding joy, home of the strong and brave. Renowned by all across the realms and never once a slave. Oh, sing a song of Elturel when foes are at her door. Her fields torn by cloven feet from some infernal shore. Arise the mighty hell riders, take up your swift keen swords. Then charge into the hellish fray and scatter devil hordes. Oh, sing a song of Alturel, and when the night does fall, sleep safe beneath companions' light until the dawn does call. We're bound by mortal covenant that only ends with death. And so we'll sing of Elturel until our final breath. There's a there's like a canon version of the yeah. tune. Yeah. Ah, that, that they, I love that, it. That, yeah, there's, there's a couple, but I'll, I'll, I'll like that one. Anyway, yeah. so and this is like a case where the song ends. Fucking nobody goes back to business as usual. Yeah. Everyone mm. everyone looks at Alan, and Alan's just like. Like, he looks terrified almost. Just really weirded out. 
And this is where you do see Shuri with very shiny cheeks at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of her emotional distraction, <laughs> and a very rolls an eight on inside. <laughs> it's a song about Elsra. Thanks. Um, and it is, it is it, the insight that you definitely get is that this is very special mm-hmm. and yeah. this is very unique. We've never heard a, it before. Is this a song that we sing in El Terrell? No, you've never heard it before. You've never heard it. Never in your life have you heard this before, no. Right. Can I, with what I did previously, compare the melodies? Is this from the same age as the previous song? No. Like, in, fact, in fact, this song is, I mean... Contemporary. Contemporary. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was trying to drive at. Okay, so this and, is... and, but unless it was unclear, not in Elden. In yes. Co- in, in yeah. common. Yeah, it's in okay. common. So the ghost is, I think, picking up on the sorrow of the yeah, yeah. present time. It's just because it, what you asked made me think mm. is the song didn't say, oh, El- the tail will blow up. It's singing about it. So it could have been a traditional song that was lost. But no, it seems like she has. Mm. Yeah. And Tarina just like stops and blinks and. All of you feel this weird, this kind of sense of, not deja vu, just, it, it just feels important that you heard it. Mm. And then the door opens and Tarina looks up in fear and says, oh shit. And you notice that eight motley, rough looking humans, men and women, they're all human. And the leader is a big brawny man with a huge shaggy black beard and a cloudy right eye, a cruel sneer at a pirate swagger. Oh, I like uh, him. They're all an unsavory bunch to say the least. You say he walks in and they all just burst in. Alan looks like he's gonna do his thing of like walking up to the armed individuals with his drinks, but then sort of thinks twice about it because he just sort of, he just hop, the, the big man in charge just kind of holds a hand out and says, we're looking for an old friend of ours. And he points across the room at Tarina. There's the bitch right there. Hello, sweetheart. Let's have a chat. And then you notice that like the half-orc, you know, goes to mm, think about squaring off with him. He's like, don't even fucking think about it. No trouble here for anyone else but her. I'm just going to look at Tarina and just say, do you require assistance? I do. <laughs> so she, she just puts her hand on her scimitar. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like one hand on his helmet. It's just like, this is my bit. Yeah. So, they, so, so all of them, all of them walk up and they, they just straight up look like pirates. Sam wants to do something, I think. Do it. I actually step between them. Okay, nice. This is an upscale establishment. <laughs> is it? Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not today. Okay, he, he, cause how tall are you? Are you like I, average I'm height? I'm like, yeah, I'm average height. Like 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, mm-hmm. All right, he leans down. He's got some teeth missing and his breath smells of whiskey. And he says, any night I fucking choose Hellspawn. Now fuck I, off. I don't know. She's actually wearing a headdress. Okay. And she's, she's had, she has her mouth and nose covered. Oh, so you made a bit. So kind of, like a, kind of like a, a mix between a nun's habit and a niqab. That's awesome. And so she unhooks the, the face veil and looks him right in the eye. Not today. All right. Initiative. Actually, oh, that's... actually, I would like to intimidate him. Um, you can, but it's going to be initiative. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> intimidate him with your initiative. <laughs> Welcome to the try to intimidate people. It has to be done in combat now. <laughs> seven. Lol. The first two rolls of the game have oh, been a five wait, and a sorry. one. So Ben is a seven. Yep. And Nadia? Oh, solid zero, friend. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Ouch. Like, <laughs> literally minus zero. Minus one in initiative, and I rolled a one. I double your score. I rolled a two. Oh, Suck it, Paladin. zero. But right. it comes up to a four. No, my dex is actually quite... I'm very nimble. That's not how okay. that works. That's not how... Mark? Double zero. Double zero, zero is still zero. No, no, the roll. The roll itself. Okay. Okay. 
Well, I rolled a 12. Neat. Good. Thank you. Actually, I rolled an 11, but I got a 12. Hey. And... Oh, that's good. Also, you're... Do we have inspo? You definitely have inspiration. I yeah. Think. Two? One? <laughs> you're inspired by the Song of Ultra. <laughs> okay, so to be clear, there are, as mentioned, seven regular kind of pirates and then there's the pirate captain fellow they're all yeah. pretty heavily armed um actually most of them have scimitars and daggers and small hand axes so uh now sam you are first okay mm. oh, this is exciting the first <laughs> combat round of the game <laughs> make or break yep okay so yeah no i yeah unhook the face veil he can see my face he sees my eyes mm-hmm. i look at him and i'm like not today mm-hmm. sit down are you casting a spell or something? Or no, just intimidation. Just, just doing it? Okay, cool. Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> I have a plus five. Okay. Yes. It is 24. Holy Ooh. shit. Okay, that's really great. So he... Uh, uh, actually, yes. as if... Uh, so how do I go on that? Actually, I'll let you... <laughs> he, he is intimidated. You think he's going to get behind his cronies and is going to attack last and maybe, maybe even skip a turn to make sure they go first. As yeah. I'm saying this, there is a... Like a... It, it's it's not just telling him to sit down. There's a menace behind Ooh. it. That is, that is badass. You are a fearsome individual. Mark. Yes. My turn. Back it up with the physical attack. Yes. <laughs> um, so I pull out my halberd. I mean, he can get behind other people if he wants. It's not going to help him. <laughs> no. Look at a ten-foot reach. Halbert, <laughs> yeah. huh? Halbert, yeah. It's a, a Twice large as long fish as is. <laughs> it's I'm just a dwarf. A dwarf with a halberd. Is that how Docton got it? What? Like, he literally just went down thinking he was trying to buy fish and ended up with this ridiculous weapon. You're like... Uh, no, like he, uh, he's, he got it from the army. Oh, okay. Cool. These are my medals, mother. I got them from army. <laughs> So you're attacking... I am attacking the leader. Great. Uh, because you always yep. attack the, 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 the one in charge. Yep. And maybe the rest run away. Uh, so, oh, bonus action, I am raging. Mm. Oh, shit. <laughs> because of, I'm a barbarian. And obviously oh, I'm yeah. And yeah. I get advantage on yeah. strength, I think. Uh, so uh, when I start raging, you yep. see uh, spirits. Ooh. The spirits of my ancestors start to uh, appear. Ooh. Mostly dwarves, but there are humans, a couple of elves. Some dragonborns, a decent chunk of like Genasi, uh, mostly sort of. It's hard to tell, but probably Earth Genasi. Oh wow! Um, Hell, yeah, boy. Uh, so I roll with advantage. <laughs> quite, quite the family I, tree. Yeah. If it's advantage for strength-based activities, I don't think that applies to attacks. It but does. you, if you do have, well, no, there's a difference between a strength check and an attack check. Right. But well, if the, you're using reckless attack, which I, think I don't believe might. I have yet, uh, you should. They checks and saves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is it is an attack a check? No, no. no. They're distinctly different. There's, there's right. attacks. Well, there's you can checks. do you can do things later on that gives you. I will roll again then because I rolled two dice simultaneously, mm-hmm. and one of them was a natural twenty, but the other one was like a two. Mm. Well, it, oh, that, 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 that is a that is a that is a natural twenty. Is that the first attack roll for the game? You rolled a twenty. Two twenties. Yeah. You rolled two twenties. <laughs> Fuck for the first attack. Okay. Roll. Ah, this bird's well. So great. And that one wasn't with advantage. Um. Yeah. So Tom does a twenty-seven hit. I mean, <laughs> I mean yes. I mean, obviously yes. Because <laughs> I get plus two because I'm raging. <laughs> uh, but I invested. So when I hit him, the ghosts of my ancestors <laughs> swarm him. <laughs> oh wow! So this is important. Okay. Oh. He has disadvantage. Okay. To attack anyone else but me. Oh, good. And nice. if he does attack anyone else but me, 
they have resistance to that attack. Even better. Cool. That's nice. awesome. What, because the ghosts of my ancestors sort of swarm in and uh, uh, delay that attack. Thanks, great granddad. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's my great grand. I thought they would be a lot, a lot of fun, just like, especially because uh, more stuff happens as I level up with those. Oh, ghosts. nice. No, just like my, my ancestors. He's like, oh, yes, that's my great uncle Jeremiah. That is absolutely. Yeah. Died falling down a mine shaft. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So, it is now their turn. No, Tom. Okay. I haven't rolled damage yet. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> a small detail. So Tom just wants to move on, really. Fuck, oh, get it together, Tom. That's two nines, because I'm rolling Ooh. two dice for what? the crit. The fuck? So that is oh, a total shit. of 21 damage. Well, he's dead. That was a nice bandit captain. Right there. <laughs> he, he's actually very, very tough. That, yeah. that hurts him, but doesn't even, doesn't even bloody him. Um, it, but it's a solid hit. So, Would have killed me. So yeah, so he, so he <laughs> goes to block with his... Points. He has a big two-handed scimitar, kind of like a tolwa, mm. which, he, which he just steps back and desperately draws, and your halberd just like crashes down. He half blocks it, but you still bury your halberd into his upper shoulder, and blood spurts yeah. out onto the ground. He gr- grimaces in pain as he still looks very feared of Sam, to be honest. Um, it is now their turn. He is just going to basically shove you back and whip around his gigantic sword and try to decapitate you. Mm-hmm. You know, he has to stoop to do it. <laughs> What's your arm class? Uh, 14. Nah. So he, you just, he just goes over your head. Like it, it, it goes <laughs> clear over your head. He knocks some wine bottles off a, off a table at the halfling next, next, to, the, next to him. Basically. Is this the evil looking one? She, yeah, she's like... <laughs> <laughs> Looks at him menacingly. Talks <laughs> just inches a little bit away. Uh, the little one's gonna do something in a minute. You know it's gonna be good. <laughs> Done the thing. Uh, and then the other seven, I say, and then he screams out, "Kill her! Kill that one!" He says, uh, and the other seven are gonna like shoot forward and they're gonna go. Oh, I'm gonna split it up. So like three, four of them are gonna go for you, Sam, okay. and three of them are gonna go for you, Mark. Uh, um, do they move? Would any of them? Would I get an AO on any of them? Trying to go past me. I just think too far. I think I'm always very, very generous when it comes to theater of the mind. But yeah. I did picture you kind of flanking each other, like yeah. saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 standing up front. Yeah. So, Especially with a ten foot reach, it's actually hard to get. Yeah. You need. Uh, stand, it's a. Uh, it's a bit of chaos. Them. Yeah. It's a bit. Of, it's a bit of chaos. I'll say that. I'll say that they don't have to go through you to get to Fair Sam. Enough. You know. But um. But we'll say that you're more up in the business. So we'll say that you, maybe four go for you, three go for Sam. Sam, what's your armor class? Uh, my armor class is 14. Okay. Hey, that's fine too. Hey. Are you wearing armor? Yes. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> Great. I wanted, Actually, because I don't wear armor, one of the things I picked up, Tom, from the um, uh, Magical Arts was, was the uh, clothes of self-repair. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. So, Sam, they, they, they slash forward. One of them is a grizzled, short, stocky woman with a hatchet. The yep. other two are to taller, leaner human uh, fellows with scimitars. Uh, one of them manages yep. to give you just a slight slice on your upper rib. Yep. Uh, it's a tiniest cut, mostly it's stamina, and it, because the other one also manages to break through your guard and give you a, a sound elbow to the face while you Oof. while they sort of lock blades with you uh, actually do you have like an implement of any kind in your um, hand? like do you have like a, a, a token or a dagger or anything? I actually funny thing actually I was figuring out how to, how to cast spells she has a, a bracelet oh, okay. on her left hand uh-huh. which she knocks mm-hmm Ting. Almost but, like a manacle. Oh, okay. So, so, yeah. you, so you could use it to block. Okay. Well, we'll say you block, but it, yeah. it, 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 you feel the shock go up your arm. It hurts yeah. you a little bit. So anyway, the point yeah. is two hits, five each, ten damage in total. Okay. Uh, the other four are going to go for you, Mark. What's your armor class? Fourteen. Okay. 
It's not too bad. So of the four of them that attack you, they just they just they just surround you, blade slashing, you whip your halberd around desperately. You block, but you are a little tired out. Three of them hit you, so out of the four, so that's gonna be fifteen damage in total. I have that. Great. Uh, to eight or well, seven. Well, you're fine then. Ben, your turn. Uh, okay. Wait, time, sorry. Seven or eight. You ran down. Yeah. Ran down. Seven. Mm-hmm. Your turn, sir. All right. So we got four on uh, Sam and three on... Four on me, four three on, three on Sam. Sorry, Sam corrected then. Okay. Te- technically, the lead is on Mark as well, so five on him. Mm. Protect the squishy. I was about to say. Yeah, All right. Protect the squishy. <laughs> yeah. So... The thing I suppose I have to ask is, uh, in terms of grouping, I kind of don't want to want to use Shatter it at the moment mm-hmm. for some pretty obvious reasons, even though I think, <laughs> even though I think uh, it would just be kind of our area that would uh, suffer from it. Yes. Uh, I could use Agonaz's Scorcher, but I don't know what their line is, like how many I'd be able to hit. Uh, honestly, they're mostly kind of in a semicircle. Like in a sort of a crescent shape around Mark and Sam, you know, with him in the front. Then maybe I do want to use Shatter, to be honest. Yeah, maybe. All right. You can probably drop it behind them. Yeah, that should be fine then. So we're in the corner at the moment. We're pretty far. We've established that we're pretty far away from everybody else for reasons of privacy. Indeed, yes. Worst case scenario, I can also just take a hit. Oh no, I've got this covered. We're looking at a 10 foot radius sphere. So that's 20 foot around, if memory serves. Yeah, absolutely. How many of you is that going to get? So if you place that, because they're all packed in, yep. you can get all but, the way I envision it in my head, you can yep. basically get all but one of the ones attacking Sam Sweet. on the far left. All right, that works for me. Including the leader. Now, they're all, yeah. Now, check now, in addition to that, Sculpt Spell mm-hmm. allows me to exclude uh, people that I nominate within that area. Oh. Does right. that change the math? Actually, no, because they're all in front and okay. you're all on one side. Uh, but right. you, no, no, yeah, so right. you'd be doing it basically from in the middle of them, yep. extending out to the front, so to maximize people. Cool. So, so I'm excluding both Docton and uh, Adelise. Mm-hmm. I can do that. I can include one other person in that as well if there's a risk of it. Uh, would our. Co- uh, sorry, what was her name? Our contact. Tarina. Yeah, Tarina. Is she in this? I don't know. Yeah. She's, no, she's behind the table. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I, I feel yeah. like we're yeah. back at the table. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That. You guys are in front at yeah. the present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, cool. So uh, if that's all well and good, and I'm not going to be able to hit anybody else. So basically, uh, Sculpt Spells uh, Evocation Specialist allows me to uh, nominate these two people to automatically pass a uh, saving throw, and where they would take half damage, they would take no damage. Mm. Okay. Everybody else is making a con save. Mm-hmm. It's funny doing that with Shatter. Like, you can sort of sculpt the fireball around stuff, but it's like yeah. Shatter's just a really loud noise. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's real boom. But Total yeah. Silence there and there. All so right. If you're happy for one roll for all of them, yep. they all fail. Excellent. So that was, yeah, that was DC 13. Oh. Yep. And we are rolling 3d8 damage, which is going to be 14. Okay. So the captain is further injured. And yes. all the other ones are dead. So six of them, of the seven, die. They are, they, their bones shatter, their skulls crack. Jesus. They are all dead. They just they splatter backwards. There's a bit of a gruesome display. Some of the blood hits the ceiling. Whoa. <laughs> uh, because, yeah, and like the table next to them cracks. The floorboards under their feet crack a little bit. One of the regular pirates remains. And, of course, the leader is still alive, and but is, is very wounded. Good, uh, good turn. Very Thank good you. turn. Uh, it is Tarina's turn. Serena is going to run forward. Is going to try and stab the the one remaining regular pirate. Uh, she will hit him and damage him. So basically, like he he tries to whip up his scimitar. She just kind of gets into a brief little sword fight with him. Slips under his guard and slices him across the arm and upper chest. So he's he's bleeding out a little bit. 
and she just sort of sits there glaring at his face. Uh, Nick, your turn. So there's just a pirate leader left of this guy. And the wounded fellow. The, the wounded mook. Okay, easy enough. I will stand up from the back and I will use suggestion to go tell the pirate captain to go jump in the harbour. <laughs> go throw yourself in the harbour. Okay. You don't want to know any further details about him, though, before that happens? Nah. Alright. Let's run right. to the harbour. That's easy enough. That is going to be a, was it, charisma saving throw? Uh, wisdom 14. Isn't there a thing on suggestion for, like, you have to, if you word it in a way that makes it sound like that? They'll do harm to themselves. Yeah, they have advantage on it. Humiliation is harm. <laughs> Well, I mean, it dep- I, you could say run to the harbour. All right, I will say run to the harbour and prepare me a nice fish-cooked meal. Great. He rolled a two, so he's going to do that. You, okay, you, pres- you presume. Like, you feel your spell take effect. His eyes glaze over, and he looks at you and starts to nod. Now, nobody hurt him, and he'll be out of our hair. It breaks if you guys hurt him. Nadia? <laughs> one person left. I just poke him with a javelin. <laughs> <laughs> Just sort of one, one hit point, hey, yeah, just like hey. doop, and you see minus yeah. one coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone with a stick trying to wake someone up. Hey, do, hey. Do, you, do you actually want to attack him? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> throw, throw a javelin at him. I just realised I do have reckless attacks. The move called the boss. Uh, oh, the move. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's only ten. So that will miss. Yeah. So it just. So you throw a javelin. I throw a javelin and it strikes next to him and just does the wibble wobble. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm just like, I just do that. <laughs> <laughs> For the record of context, Nadia has put two eyes, her index finger and middle finger, two fingers up to her eyes, and then moved it back and forth between his imaginary eyes. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I have more jammers. I have four more! <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably hit with one of them. Statistically, Maybe I'm likely to hit with one. I have a I'll either hit or I'll build a fence around you. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, top yes. of the round, you and Tarina are standing next to each other, facing off against this one wounded mook who has a javelin sticking in the floor next to him. What do you do? Probably re-intimidate him quite successfully now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are the law. She pulls out her her amulet. It'd be best for you to leave. Another intimidate check? Yes. You have advantage on this one. He is wounded and alone. Do you like my Friday nights? He walks... (laughs) That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Name of my sex tip. (laughs) He walks alone. 21. Yeah, so it is then Mark's turn. Mark, you you definitely see in the eyes of both of these people. One of them is is due to enchantment going to flee. The other one due to pure brown trousers terror going going to flee. You think you're you're all good here, but of course, if you're if you want to finish them before they leave, you can. I mean, Doc is raging. Well, I mean, it's a controlled rage. Yeah, so he's not going to like violently attack him. But I think the one like because you called out, Nick called out, don't attack the uh, Sultan called out, don't attack the yeah. leader. Captain, yeah. So I think Doctor would have uh, registered that. He listened that. to instructions. Yeah, and I think too something I yeah. plain forgot. I forgot to do two things. One of it rolled magic, but my magic is very obvious, so there'd literally be like a little cloud yeah. of you Maybe know wild magic. Yeah. Oh, oh no! Three of a spade. We're okay. <laughs> That was a four. Do you have to roll for every time or? Any when I use a spell slot. Yeah. Spell slot slot. Because otherwise it's a little more higher. I love world magic. Yeah. Yeah, you say that until you get a fireball sensor on yourself. I think I'll still do that. Or if you're a very large sheep. That's right. Or an invisible sheep. Yeah. We couldn't find in a cloud fog. Can't get drunk for a month. Alright, so you're attacking. So you're attacking. Yeah, reckless attack the last mook. Do it. Look at it, look at it, look at it, look at it. Same die as well. I think think Mark has rigged dice, everybody. So what a test. No, this blue, so my dice bags, well, not split, but fell open in my satchel. 
And that blue uh, D20 was the only D20 that didn't fall out of the dice bag. Oh, yeah. It is blessed. <laughs> Hashtag blessed be. It's blessed be. <laughs> Good. So you hit him. He kills him. He, so, yeah, he's dead. So, you, so, so you, your halberd just cuts his head off, basically. Just for the record. His, his head rolls gruesomely across the floor. Maths is hard. 14 damage. It is, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. The head bounces off the ceiling and then rolls across the floor. <laughs> the halfling and the colourful cloak in the corner just goes, Delightful! And claps her hands. I'm going to go drink with that halfling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Delightfully direct. Her name is Samantha Small. So <laughs> the, the, the ghosts just kind of stand around the corpse just like, Oh, oh well, I guess our ancestor prospers. Look, <laughs> killing very well. Oh, well done, son. Good, good for you. That's great. <laughs> All right. Then they bug run. Let's go get drunk on your afterlife. <laughs> I'll lean over to... What's our contact's name? Torino. Jen. I'll lean over to and be like... I don't care how long he spends on it, I'm not eating that meal. <laughs> wow! Thanks for listening to Shared Sagas. All music on the show is used under Creative Commons. Check the episode notes for full details.